2: They're longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about Dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first-time partners.
3: Hang in there, big guy.
2: There'll be brighter days
3: ahead. Now, these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk.
2: Get the hell off of my doorstep.
3: Major League Baseball, you Steve. It's Willard and Dibs <laughs> on five seven, The Game. Hey, happy Friday to you, Kyle Madsen. Good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah, it's good. We got Super Bowl coming up in just two days, and of course we are reflecting still on the big news from yesterday, the Golden State Warriors trade James Wiseman and reacquire Gary Payton II. Do we know if it was a four-way trade or was it a bunch of staggered moves? I'm still unsure as to the exact nature of what the
4: transaction was. I believe it was a staggered move because okay. it was Wiseman to Detroit for Sadiq Bay. For Sadiq Bay and Kevin Knox. Sadiq Bay then went to the ATL for the five second round picks. Gotcha. And then the five second round picks and Kevin Knox went to went to Portland okay. for GP two. So staggered moves. Not a right. four
3: team trade, but obviously it was a consummation sensation in that this was all done in advance it's not like bob took the five seconds and started shopping them right. this was right. all in place beforehand
4: I, I i'm guessing what happened was they called portland and said hey and this is a total guess said hey how about wiseman for gp2 and they looked at the cap ramifications of that portland did and said no but we want to deal gp2 so figure out something else to give us and the Warriors said House five second round picks grab you and, Kevin and they Knox, went great. exactly yeah and they went great we'll take them and then the Warriors facilitated it that way that's how I'm guessing it worked out five
3: second round picks I mean second round picks yesterday were flying all over all over the place and uh, the second round pick traditionally is somewhat of a meaningless pick so it was interesting to me
4: that it, it was such a commodity yesterday on trade day I think it's an like I think it's a increasingly valuable asset because the talent in the league is just getting so much deeper and. If you're if you're a team like the Warriors, and you have four second round picks, say, and you happen to stumble into a starter with a second round pick, like an effective rotation guy, even not even a starter, but an effective rotation guy, that's huge. It's cheap. It didn't it, it didn't take a lot of assets to acquire those picks. Like I I I think that's why teams are. Like, yeah, we'll throw a couple second-round picks at the wall and, and see what works. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul.
3: 888 love to hear your comments on the Wiseman trade. Do you think the Warriors gave up on James Wiseman too early? What do you think is hmm. going to happen with James Wiseman when he goes to Detroit? He's actually going to get minutes, and I'm excited to see James Wiseman be able to play basketball, be able to learn basically on the fly, on the floor, and to be able to go out there in a low-pressurized environment, and play the rest of the season. He'll get 25 to 30 games with Detroit, be able to go out there and just play basketball, get comfortable, and then come back next year, and we'll see where he is on the rotation, in the rotation. 888-957-9570. Love to hear your thoughts on the deal. It broke yesterday at about 11 o'clock during our show, and most of the commentary came from Mark and I, and then Steiny and Guru in the changeover.
4: For James Wiseman, it's going to be a rotation sensation. I think I can say that. Yeah, oh, sure. I feel good about that. I'm rooting really hard for him, man. Like, I didn't think he fit with the Warriors. I understood like the idea behind it. You get a guy who's 7 foot. He can clearly score. Like We know he can score the basketball, but it's like, does he have feel on offense? Does he have, does he have enough feel and, and presence on defense? Can he rebound? And I get the idea and how tantalizing it was for Golden State. Looking at this guy who's 7 feet tall... Super athletic, and now you're envisioning a quote-unquote small ball lineup with James Wiseman at center because he can be switchable on defense and he's going to pull down rebounds and he can score and he can shoot out a little bit. I get the theory, but it was clearly not going to work on the timeline the Warriors are operating under. I get wanting to have two timelines. It just wasn't Realistic. At least not for the development that James Wiseman needs. I think it's it's a little bit, I don't want to derail this conversation, but I think it's a little bit what the Niners are finding themselves running into with Trey Lance. Like, hey, there's a player here, but we also have a championship team that player doesn't get to struggle with. Well, especially the player
3: at quarterback. And it's one thing to have James Wiseman come in and play and struggle. You've got a championship team, but you can play and win without a center. The Warriors have won Mm -hmm. championships without having a center. And this is where Bonte and I... We're kind of in agreement in the changeover. Wiseman did play well. He was showing good signs his rookie year. Then he got hurt. And he missed the entire season last year. And so, had he not gotten hurt, had he been able to be a guy who could play 10 to 15 minutes, let's say... 55 games a year if he last year was able to play 15 minutes a night over the course of 60 games that's 900 minutes of nba basketball where you could have played with him you could have grown with him you would struggle with him but at times you would have been able to put him out there and allow him to somewhat assimilate not only to the way you play but to the nba itself and because he got hurt and you went out and you won the championship now you get to this season where James Wiseman, he was still back at square one in mm-hmm. his third year, and you were struggling as a team. And Shasky was right; last year you started eighteen and two, so you would have had a luxury last year to play him, struggle with him, and endure some of his lapses. But this year, you were three and seven. Yeah. You didn't have that same luxury, and even right now, to borrow from Guru, I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> if I'm the Golden State Warriors, right. you're the nine seed, and you're a game and a half up on Utah who is on the outside looking in right now. And that was
4: that's the thing is is Wiseman it's not it it the issue is like 8 minutes a game was not probably going to help him that much. And he was so raw still that those 8 minutes a game could be killer. Like we've seen how many close games the Warriors have won and lost this year. So you see why he fell out of the rotation and it makes sense if you're Golden State and you're looking at I I don't think this was a salary dump necessarily. I think it was a cost benefit dump. Like, okay, you can keep James Wiseman for 133 million. I think it is over the next two years. With the luxury tax? Is what it's yeah, what going to cost with the luxury tax. So you can you can keep him, and ho- or you can pour that asset into something that's going to help you right now, and as an added benefit, save money in the future. Because right. I don't think they saw a path for James Wiseman. Ever to be really good with this team while he was on his rookie team. And I was
3: listening to Draymond Green's podcast a little bit, and he talked about uh, the timeline for James Wiseman and how long it would take. And if it takes a Jermaine O'Neal length of time in terms of games played Mm -hmm. at 60 games a year, which is about all anybody plays anymore, that's three more seasons to get to where Jermaine O'Neal was. It took Jermaine O'Neal about 210 games with Portland to them to give up on him. He goes to Indiana, and even his first year in Indiana, he wasn't a double-double player, so it took him about 250 games to really become the kind of player that we eventually would see nine-time All-Star, borderline but not quite Hall of Fame talent. And if you look at it timeline-wise for James Wiseman, you're looking at three more seasons. So you're looking at this year where he didn't really play, and now if he goes to Detroit and he starts to really play... He gets 25 games this year, let's say. At the end of that, he will have one full season worth of play over three years. So is it going to take two more years for him to become a 16-10 and kind of guy? 16 points, 10 rebounds a night? If that's the case, well, then you can't have him do that here. Even if you commit to playing him, you cannot have him struggle and grow here if you're in a
4: championship window. And I think it's I think it's interesting when you talk about like the, the whole two timelines part of this because Mark's big thing yesterday was like the two timelines failed, it didn't work, they messed up. But I thought that they they weren't interested or didn't it didn't sound like anyway based on all the reporting around the OG Obi trade, it sounded like the Raptors wanted Kaminga and talks stalled at that point. The Warriors said no no no, this is our guy. And same thing, the The report about Moses Moody was the Warriors were shopping him, but their asking price was really steep, which tells me the Warriors were like, yeah, if we can trade Moses Moody and fleece somebody for him, we'll do it. But they, I think, still think that he can play a little bit in the future. It's just a matter of like, yeah, hey, he's not going to play on a nightly basis right. right now, but he is further along in his development than James Wiseman is. Moses Moody played key minutes in the Western Conference Finals. And why isn't he now? That, to me, is the question that Mm.
3: I would love to hear Steve Kerr address. Steve Kerr tonight, 5 o'clock, with Damon and Rado, pushed from yesterday because the trade was not finalized. Great tease. Thank you. I I love listening to the Steve Kerr interview, and I wonder if he can address in any real way what's happened to Moses Moody. Because now, if you look at the playoff rotation, assuming the Warriors do make the playoffs, your bench is... Going to be Poole, it's GP2, DiVincenzo, Vincenzo, and Jermichael Green, mm-hmm. and you know maybe one other player, potentially. But that's, that's a solid nine-man right there if you go with Wiggins and Looney, Steph, Clay, and Dre as your starting five. So, feels like the Warriors got better yesterday. Andrew Bogut, on with Stein and Guru yesterday, talked about this being a win-win for Wiseman
2: and the Dubs. You know the game. You got to read the game. You got to read spacing. You got to kind of have a decent IQ. And, and he's still young and developing. And his skill set probably wasn't suited towards that. Um, now that he's on to Detroit, and you know he's going gonna to get some some touches, and and you know maybe maybe well, allowing the play through ten or fifteen touches in the post, make or miss, and, and let him play through those mistakes, I think then we'll we'll see where he's really at in the player. So I think it was the right move for Wiseman's career. I think the Warriors were, were, were good enough to, to let him move on and and, and get on with life.
3: Andrew Bogut yesterday, Stiney, and Guru, he goes to a Detroit team, Kyle, 7-21 at home, 7-21 and on the road, bottom of the table in the Eastern Conference, 14-42, and they got 26 left to go, James Wiseman gets a chance to go out there and play a couple dozen games and just go play.
4: Yeah. And that's what he needs to do, man. Exactly. He just has to play basketball. He's going to stink for at least part of those games, because he just hasn't played. Right. It's like, hey, you you high school freshman that wants to be on the radio, jump on and host a show. Like, that's probably not gonna go great for them. Oh,
3: I'm in for Mark Willard. Uh,
4: <laughs> uh, is this uh, thing on? That sounds like me. Sorry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you so and I just, both. Right. So that's just it, it wouldn't it wouldn't go great, but I, <laughs> I I think that this was good for him. I think it's good for the Warriors because Gary Payton II. Solidifies to me a playoff rotation and gives them something they were missing on the defensive end, like just a legit like, hey, he can go guard, maybe not for a whole game, but he's going to give Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown right. and Ja Morant and Devin Booker, he's going to give those guys problems when when he defends them. Like I said, can he can he guard a Jason Tatum for a whole game? Probably not. But if he gets switched onto him, it's exactly. like okay, this is this is fine. So now the rotation's ten guys deep. Can Jamichael Green and Jonathan Kaminga give you what you're missing from with Otto Porter from last year? Because if they can, you're looking at largely the same rotation going into the playoffs that that you had last year, and to your point, I mean now you have an additional
3: body to guard the other team's best player, the best wing or the best to guard. Kaminga can play at times. I don't think Clay Thompson is as good on the ball as he's been. Wiggins can be and has been a great defender, mm-hmm. and now you add Gary Payton the second, and now it feels like your defense got significantly better triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy give us a call, Rich. I saw you on there, and you were on hold. I was about to go to you, but you dropped off. You can also hit us on the Xfinity Mobile text line, 888 9570 from the 415. Sucks Wiseman didn't work out. I wish him the best. No hard feelings here. As for GP2, home run acquisition. Not a grand slam. They know he's a scheme fit on both ends, and he will fit in. In no time. Let's talk about the GP2 addition instead of just the Wiseman subtraction. How much better
4: does this make their defense immediately? Significantly? I think significantly better is, is probably the move. You get a guy who can defend full court. We saw him do that last year. And remember when he went down against Memphis? It was like, can they win this series without Gary Payton II? It was a big deal. And then he knows how to fit offensively. He is smart with how he cuts. He can hang out in the dunker spot. He can catch lobs. He can shoot the three a little bit, especially that corner three. And the big thing is, and, and you said this, and I, I agree fully his fit. He, we know what he does. He knows how to fit with this team. So there's not, there's 27 games left, 26, 27 games left for them. There's not going to be this like, yeah, Hey, he needs a month and a half to figure out how to fit in this system and even then it's a question mark. They know what they're getting. Exactly. And they, they know how he slots in. They know how he fits. Do they still need some size? Yeah, maybe. But we've said that every year about this team since 2015. Yeah. Oh, they need more size. Oh, they need more. What are they going to... That's fine. They, 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 there's going to be a robust buyout market. i, I well, I th- it's I not like always the robust with at. big
3: men, and I know uh, the boys this morning on the roast were talking about Serge Ibaka. He, I think, would be a great fit for an eight-minute-a-night guy, yeah. but it seems like Phoenix is a more likely destination, destination considering how close he is with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Also, Miami, they were saying, is rumored to be interested in Serge Ibaka. If, for me, if you're looking for a 10th, 11th man, an additional body, a specialized big, who you can throw in there and you know, play up against DeAndre Ayton and some of the other bigs that you might face down the road in the playoffs. Serge Ibaka would be great. We'll have to see what the buyout market holds. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. 9570 We will get your calls up in moments. Anthony Slater on yesterday with Damon and Ratto talked about the Wiseman for Peyton trade, and he talked about it in a vacuum.
5: You know, they were searching for a veteran who could help now. And it was not easy to get with James Wiseman on the market. And they were pretty creative in the way they, they, they got it to this point that gets Gary Payton the second back. And I mean, the simplest argument is they found a veteran they know fits. I mean, he helps. I think it, you know, if you take two steps back and look at the whole string of moves over the last couple of years, it's not a fantastic look, but, uh, you know, you, you can credit them for accepting mistakes and, and like you said, kind of leaning into it
3: accepting the mistake of drafting James mm-hmm. Wiseman also accepting the mistake maybe it's a mistake that you didn't keep Gary Payton the 2nd you didn't want to pay him as
4: much as he got but now you have him back and at the right time yeah it, it, making a mistake is going to happen it's whether you compound it that that you can avoid a problem or it becomes a bigger problem the dubs whiffed on James Wiseman they should have resigned they should have resigned GP2 and now they've remedied that. I think one of the things that made the Gary Payton the second signing, I I think there were some some, some people who are underwhelmed by it. And I think that's partly because there was all the OG Ananobi talk. And it sounded like, okay, GP two, but hey, here comes this huge swing with Kaminga and Moody and a bunch of picks for OG Ananobi. Here it comes. The Warriors are the front runner. Sham said it. And then Nah, nothing, nothing happened.
3: Yeah, it turns out Toronto then, didn't really want to shop or ship.
4: Yeah.
3: OG. I, I keep wanting to say AJ Ananobi, yeah, and insane. I know it's OG Ananobi. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> Spino, do you have to drop? I Andy? wonder if he has... AJ Ananobi. Nah, he's always got it's it. It's just the way his voice says it. It's yeah. Matt Steinmetz. Don't so miss him. Confident. Noon to three. <laughs> AJ just,
2: Ananobi.
3: I think that came from uh, Steiny Guru and Dibs. It might have been I think from that's Bonte right. Stiney and Guru, the, yeah, the it's show. Guru and dibs yeah, it may have been. Let's go to the phones, Kyle. Brian in Palo Alto is on. <laughs> What's up, BPA? Happy Friday, my brother.
5: Good morning, Dibs. How are you, buddy?
3: Excellent, B. How you doing, brother?
5: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, uh, full credit to Lake App for realizing Wiseman was a mistake and a bust and cutting bait and getting paid. You know, I think it's an it's under, underrated move because you know he's a scheme fit, right? You know how he fits into what the Warriors do. And you look at, like, the Lakers, like, you know, Lakers, or even the Suns with Durant. Well, the Suns just came up the best wing defender in the NBA (laughs) for a, a guy who's obviously a prolific scorer, but Durant plays no defense. And nobody else does that's really left on that roster. And so the advantage of getting a guy that you know fits and how he fits, I think, is... Hugely underrated, and I think it, you know that what the you know they don't really have an on on the ball defender. I mean, I think right Dante does a pretty good job, but he's you know Kuminga is a, essentially a turnstile with quick guards, and so um, yeah. And I don't know what was going off Kuminga the other night. That was maybe the worst game I've ever seen him have in the NBA. Maybe the trade deadline was in his head, or right? Something. Right? No, yeah. but uh, to me, Kuminga is like Curry needs to tell him okay. You got to take the next step now, right? Yeah, like now.
3: Yeah, uh, thanks, Brian. Yeah. Appreciate the phone call, BPA. <laughs> have a good weekend. And uh, I think having GP two makes it so Wiseman uh, Kaminga doesn't need to take the next step so quickly, especially defensively, because now you
4: don't have to play Kaminga on Damian Lillard, for example. Right. Well, and Kaminga is doing the thing that we never got to see James Wiseman do. You see the flashes you see the stretches of play. That Christmas Day game, Jonathan Kaminga, or not not Christmas Day, uh, the last time they played the Grizzlies at home, Jonathan Kaminga, I thought, did a really, really nice job on John Morant. Like a just, like, excellent, really well done. Right. Didn't shut him down, per se. Uh, Shea Gildas alexander as well, did a really nice job on SGA. Again, didn't shut him down, but made life difficult for him, but then there's going to be times where he gets cooked. Right. And those flashes, though... It's like, man, if Jonathan Kaminga, let's let's say Warriors-Celtics in the finals, if Jonathan Kaminga gets switched on to Jalen Brown, I don't hate it. Is it going to go great for the Warriors every time? No. But I'm also not going to be shocked if he goes right. and gets a stop there or makes him take a tough shot. But
3: to your point now, we have the ability to play GP2 on him, and Klay mm-hmm. Thompson in spots can still be a pretty good on-ball defender. DeVincenzo can play in that spot. You still have Draymond Green behind, so defensively, I can't wait to see how far up they rise now. The defensive ranks with the addition of GP two. Eric's in San Francisco, and he wants to talk about Wiseman. What's going on, Eric? What are you doing?
2: Yeah. Good morning, guys. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about how this is probably the worst management of um, an asset that the Warriors have had in the past. I don't know since Joe Smith over Kevin Garnett, hmm. because I mean, if you're going to take a guy who has upside but played three games in college and you're going to bail on him after two and a half years and trade him for basically what the seventh man, that's like the worst management of a number two pick overall. I mean, either trade the pick and get better in health, or take the Bulls offer, which was number four and Wendell Carter, and take Halliburton, who was a college player who would fit in our system, or stick with Wiseman, develop him, and you know know that he's going to take five or six years i've just never seen such a horrible mismanagement of assets but this really is going to set back our franchise at least five or ten years and people are like happy that gary payton is coming back and it's like great gary payton is a nice bench player but when you have the number two pick and you could have traded it for bradley beal you could have drafted wendell carter taken a trade with wendell carter and halliburton I mean, I just don't see how people don't see this as an unmitigated disaster.
3: Thanks, Eric. I I think one reason why you don't is because they won a championship last year. Right. And I, I think that James Wiseman's play over the next three years will tell you if they mismanaged James Wiseman. I don't think you can yet say the Warriors mismanaged James Wiseman. He came out. Bonte talked about it. He played 39 games mm-hmm. in 2020, 2021, the non-playoff year, the the we lose in the play-in-game year. He averaged 11.5, six rebounds. He was starting to show signs, and he got hurt. And then he sat out all last year. So I don't know how you can manage an asset when that asset is not
4: able to even get on the court. Well, And this goes back to what we were talking about in the changeover. The Warriors were ready for him to take five or six years, but... They were too good. I don't think the I don't think the Joe Lacob in the Warriors front office with Bob Myers and, and Steve Kerr that that brain trust. I don't think that they looked at this roster and said, "Hey, in the 2022-23 season, we're going to be coming off a championship." And ge- I don't think I, I genuinely think that they thought James Wiseman was just going to get to play and get to run around and be on a team that was eh, maybe on the fringe of a playoff spot, maybe in the play in, but he was just going to get to play. And they were better than that. Right, they won the
3: championship. The fact that he wasn't able to even play, as I mentioned before, you you play 60 of the 82 games, you play 10 minutes a night, and you spend some time in the G League, you at least get a chance to run up and down and play. But because of the knee injury, he couldn't play at all, which really retarded his development to where this year he was back at square one. And this is a year where you actually need him. You need that person to be able to play, and he's been unplayable this year. Even when he got healthy, you still didn't find a way to put him on the court. So now he gets a fresh start in Detroit. Pistons in action tonight. Don't know if Wiseman will be ready to go. I'm locked in. This quickly, but I am locked in on Pistons basketball. Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. 9570 Couple of phone lines available. Love to hear from you. We got Super Bowl talk coming up at 11 o'clock as well. Kyle Madsen in for Mark Willard. It's Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game.